0: hey and welcome to the crosspoint podcast let's get into this week's message from pastor Michael Tadlock and may it bring healing hope and ultimately transformation job chapter 23 I want you to stand with me got a, a, a several verses to read but I feel it necessary I want to say to you today that every message that I preach from behind this pulpit I take serious, I do. But this may very well be one of the most important messages that I've preached probably definitely in all of 2023. Because I believe that the end result that God desires is to bring some folks through the darkness that they're facing in their lives. And so... I may not, I may not jump around like I normally do today. I, I may not venture too far off this platform, especially not from behind this sacred desk, because I feel the gravity and seriousness of this message today. And I've preached to others similar, that I felt this way, but this one, I believe God is truly wanting to speak to someone today. Job chapter twenty-three. If you're there, would you say, amen? verse one? We're going to read this whole chapter, okay? Then Job answered and said, Even today is my complaint bitter. My stroke is heavier than my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come even to his seat. I would order my calls before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would know the words which he would answer me and understand what he would say unto me. Will he plead against me with his great power? No, but he would put strength in me. There the righteous might dispute with him, so should I be delivered forever from my judge? Behold, I go forward, but he is not there. Backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. But he knoweth the way that I take, and when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot hath held his steps, his way have I kept, I and not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. But he is in one mind, and who can turn him? And what his soul desireth, even that he doeth. For he performeth that thing that is appointed for me, and many such things are with him. Therefore am I troubled at his presence when I consider I am afraid of him. For God maketh my heart soft. The Almighty troubleth me because I was not cut off before the darkness. Neither hath he covered the darkness from my face. So much I could preach on in this chapter right here that's just meat to my soul. I want you to just, just hold your place there but go with me now to the book of Isaiah chapter number 60 we're going to read two verses here the prophet Isaiah speaking in Isaiah 60 verse 1 he said arise shine for thy light has come And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee and His glory shall be seen upon thee. If you receive that, say amen. We're going to close with that verse this morning. We're going to start with verse 17 of chapter 23 of the book of Job. where Job said, because I was not cut off before the darkness, neither hath he covered the darkness from my face. What Job was saying was, I had to face the darkness. I had to face the darkness. I want to talk to you for just a little while today. On this thought, facing the darkness, facing the darkness. How many of you help me pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit? I need him to anoint me. You need him to anoint you together. We can see God do great things in this place. Let's pray together. Jesus, we love you. I thank you for what you've already done, Master. Thank you for this precious, beloved congregation that you've brought to this house today. God, I believe you have a great plan and purpose for this moment. and I ask you to let it unfold. God, I don't want to be in the way. I want to be a vessel that you can use. I pray, God, that you'll let me speak what you would have to be spoken. I ask you to open ears to hear it and hearts to receive it. Let us leave out today knowing, God, we've heard from you, and our lives will never be the same again as your light and your glory fills this place come have your way in the mighty precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen before you see to turn and tell somebody you got to face it. I oh, know that's not something what anybody wants to hear today but and, and I want you to know before we dive into this that I have weighed this out. I have labored over this message for today because of so many that I know are under the sound of my voice today that you have had to face the darkness or you are still facing the darkness. So this morning I just want to ask you to please don't shut shut me off, please don't, like a remote, try to, to mute me or, or not listen. I want you to open your heart up today and allow the Holy Spirit to speak unto you this morning. I want us to take just a second, if we can, and recap the story of Job. First of all, in chapter 1, for those of you that may not know, the Bible tells us that Job was a perfect and upright man, that he, he feared God and he eschewed or, or turned away from evil. Chapter 1, it says, there was a day that the sons of God, the angels, came and presented themselves before God, and Satan came along with them, and there, as Satan came amongst them, a conversation started, and the Lord asked where he had been. It wasn't a question due to lack of knowledge, it was rather a demand for confession, The Bible says that Satan said from going to and fro in the earth and walking up and down it. I want you to notice that. You see, today the omniscient God asks Satan a question next and says, well, have you considered my servant Job? See, God already knew that Satan had looked at Job, examined Job, inspected Job, tried to tempt Job. God already knew this because God is all-knowing, he's omniscient, but Satan declares unto the Lord in this moment, yeah, I've seen him, but isn't he serving you for no reason? Don't you have a hedge about everything that he has, and you've blessed all that he has? And he says, but I tell you, if you take your hedge down from around him, he will curse you to your face. It was in this moment that God tells him everything that he has is in your power only don't touch him. I want you to understand that this was not a competition. This was not a wager. This was not a bet. This was a moment that gives us a glimpse into what mankind has been facing ever since the fall in the garden. It was sin entering into the earth and into the heart of man that caused us to be open and vulnerable to the attack of the enemy. But I want you to notice today that. The Bible says Job was a blessed man. We look at all the blessings of Job. He had seven sons and three daughters. He had 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 teams of oxen, 500 female donkeys. Job loved loved his family. He was leading them to serve the Lord. And he actually, we find in chapter 1, was an intercessor for his family. Job wasn't just a good man. Job was a godly man. But Job faced the darkness of adversity. He faced the darkness of anguish and he faced the darkness of affliction. And in one day his life changed. His oxen and donkeys and camels were stolen. His sheep were burned alive. His servants were slain. And a great wind came where all of his children were gathered and collapsed the house upon his children. And they all perished in one moment. It was here in in the face of such darkness and devastation that Job makes this declaration. The Bible says in chapter 1, verse 20 through 22, that Job arose and he rent his mantle and he shaved his head And fell down upon the ground and worshiped and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in all this Job sinned not, neither charged God foolishly. But you see, that wasn't all. Because not only did he lose all of that, but now Satan is allowed to begin to afflict Job, and he does just that in chapter 2, verse 7. It says that Satan smokes Job with sore boils from, from head to toe. Job's reaction, even in this, even after his wife questioned him and told him just to curse God and die, the Bible says that Job maintained his integrity and his faith in God. You see, the chapter that follows in Job, all these chapters that would follow, they would unfold as a combination of Job's thoughts and inner feelings, even arguments in defense of God unto the friends that had came supposedly to console him. Job, he cursed God. The day he was born, he he spoke against a number of things pertaining to his own life, but he never cursed God. You see, he he had he had to have he he had to have had a, a, about the worst set of friends ever because they were clueless about how to be a support and an encouragement in the midst of such tragedy. He was continually having to set them straight. I want us for just a moment to go back to where we started in Job 23. It was there in verse 17. It says, Job said, but I was not cut off before the darkness. He's saying, the Lord could have just taken me off of this earth rather than me go through what I'm going through. He said, neither has he covered the darkness from my face. In other words, the Lord could have shielded me from this darkness. He said, he hasn't done that. And what Job was saying was, God didn't keep me from it. God didn't hide my face from the darkness, which what he was saying was, I had to face it. And I want to ask you this morning, what are you facing today? What darkness are you facing today? I want to deal for just a few minutes. I know time is of the essence, so we're moving as quickly as we can, but please stay with me. Now would not be a service for you to daydream or fall asleep, so please stay with me. We're going somewhere today. Three things are battles that we face in the darkness. The first thing to understand is adversity, and I want to say to you today that this is, but before there was ever Psychology 101, there was the Word of God. I'm not preaching psychology to you today, I'm preaching the Word of God to you. Do you hear me? Do you understand this didn't, come off, off, this didn't come off the line. This, this didn't come out of a book. I sat down and within a matter of two minutes, God had given me just about the entirety of this message on, on Wednesday or Tuesday or Wednesday of this week for today. So I want to ask you to stay with me, whatever it takes. The first thing we find, the battle of the darkness comes by way of adversity. Adversity is defined as a state of serious or continued difficulty. If we talk about adversity, we got to understand first, Fausti, that we have an adversary. The Bible tells us this in 1 Peter 5 and verse number 8. It says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Do you remember what Satan's confession was? He said, "Walking to and fro in the earth and up and down it. What was he doing? He was looking for someone to devour. Amos 3 and 11 says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, an adversary there shall be even round about the land, and he shall bring down thy strength from thee, and thy palaces shall be spoiled. Paul declared it in Ephesians 6 and 11, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places in Ephesians 6. And because we have an adversary, we are prone and most of the time probably will be spiritually targeted just as Job was. You are on the devil's most wanted list. I wish I could tell you today that once you get saved, that it will always be be just cookies and cream and and vacations. But can I tell you, the reality is the devil can't stand what God's doing in your life and he's going to do all he can to fight against it. He is your adversary today. Not only does adversity come because of Satan himself, but it also comes because of external voices and influences that bring adversity. These external voices and influences can come by relationships and friendships, even family that are speaking things into your life, speaking curses even into your life that are always negative, always discouraging, always meant to tear you down. These things they, they become adversity in your life. I'll even take it a step further. That even folks on social media will speak things that are negative and, and, and adverse under your life to tear you down. On your job, you can even find adversity. Maybe by a boss or a co-worker, they've just got it out for you. Can I say to you today that not, and I could go so deep, we could go so deep into this, but don't have time. But the reality is not everyone in your life is sent by God. Not everybody that comes to you that says, Thus saith God, has God said it. Not everyone that names the name of Christ is truly a Christian. You better be careful who you let lay hands on you and pray for you. You better be careful who you let speak into your life. Why? Because the devil has sent somebody... These external voices and influences. And we could get into a long list of entertainment and things such as as movies and shows and music and and the internet that, that creates adversity in your soul. And ultimately, the enemy uses this to feed your carnal man to keep you from being spiritually who God has called you to be. Battling the flesh can be a dark place. Ultimately, it's here that darkness invades by way of giving in to sin. In Proverbs chapter seven, verse fourteen, B and fifteen, and I believe this is the New Living Translation. It says, "The trouble is with me, for I am too human. I am too human, a slave to sin." I don't really, this is Romans, sorry. I don't really understand myself for what I want to do, uh, which is right. I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. He's saying there is this battle that is going on in my flesh, in my carnal man. I don't want to give into the things of darkness. I don't want, that's the things I hate. He said there is this battle and this struggle. You see, it's sin. That brought gross darkness into the world. And it's sin that still will bring gross darkness into your soul. That's why John said in First John 2, 15 and 16, To love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Sinful habits and addictions bondages, strongholds, entanglements, all of these are intended to pull you deep into darkness and ultimately unto death because Romans 6.23 tells us the wages of sin is what? Death. This darkness that comes because of adversity. Things that you're facing in your life that was passed down to you because daddy did it now. It's in your life. Darkness. That invades. Not only do we face adversity and dark because of darkness, but we also face affliction. Affliction is defined as something that causes pain and suffering, physical, mental, and spiritual infirmities that come because of affliction. Listen to me now. Not all sickness is because of a spiritual bo- battle, but can I tell you, there is sickness that is due to spiritual bondage. So before you run to the doctor, maybe you should run to your prayer closet. Before before you pop another pill, maybe you should say another prayer. Let me give you some scripture for it. In Luke 13, verse 11, Jesus we find here working a miracle for the Bible says there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity, a spirit of feebleness or frailty or sickness, eighteen years, and was bound together and in couldn't in no wise lift herself up, lift herself up. And in verse number twelve and thirteen it says, When Jesus saw her, help me, Lord. He called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loose from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. What was it? It was a spirit of infirmity. I want to ask you this question today. How many sicknesses do we see in 2023 that is not a physical battle, but is a spiritual battle? How many... Sicknesses or diseases are diagnosed by a secular world of doctors that all they know to do is subscribe another pill or do another surgery when the reality is there's a devil involved somewhere. I know it's not popular, but I'm going to preach it anyways today because I believe that we need to find a a way for us to see victory in people's lives. I'm sick and tired of folks having to pop a pill to wake up, pop a pill to stay up, and pop a pill to lay down. Isn't it time that there is a victory that reigns in people's hearts and in people's lives once and for all? There is victory through Jesus Christ. Not all sickness is a spirit of infirmity. Many face physical affliction because we live in a fallen world. Disease, ailments, and affliction, some things are generational that are passed down because we live in this fallen world. Because of that, thank the Lord for good Christian doctors that are able to come alongside us at times that we're in need. And many times we find ourselves when we're in this darkness of affliction that we wonder what in the world's going on. Why am I having to face this? Why can't I get better? Why am I going through this? And I just want you to know something today, that God is working it for your good. Hallelujah. Can I say that again? God is working it for your good. Nobody else wants to tell you. Everybody else just wants to climb up in that pity party with you. But I want to tell you, just hold on just a little longer, because God is working it for your good. I know you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. Hold on, because God is working it for your good. In Romans 8 and verse 28, Paul said, and we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Would you just say I was going to say slap your neighbor upside the head but that wouldn't be good. Would you just turn and tell your neighbor God's working it for my good. God is working it for my good. God will use the affliction in your life for your good. What Satan meant to destroy you God will use it to restore you. Hallelujah. How many of you know that we serve a God that is omniscient? We serve a God that is omnipotent? We serve a God that is omnipresent? There's no devil bigger or greater than the God we serve. I know the devil says you're going to die in it, but it's time you declare like the lepers, we shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Hallelujah. (laughs) The affliction that you're in has a purpose. God is working it in your life. The psalmist said in chapter 119, verse 67 of Psalms, before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now... Have I kept thy word? See, God will use the affliction that the enemy wants to destroy He'll turn it around and he'll use it to be a building block, something that will push you, that will elevate you, that will catapult you closer to the Lord in your life. It's because when you get to your lowest spot and all you can be is broke. Come on, you're just broken before the Lord. You're so broke. You, I'm going to say it anyway. So broke you can't afford to pay attention. Come on, you're at that place in your life that, man, you're afflicted on the inside. Listen Quit laying there in that pity party. Get yourself together. Lift your head up. Lift your hands up. And say in the midst of all this, I trust in God. My Savior, the one who will never fail me. Hallelujah. I'll trust in God. (laughs) Affliction may come from many different sources, but the goal is the same, and it's to bring you into darkness, to get you into darkness, and to keep you into darkness. That's the enemy's goal. God's goal is for it to be something that brings you closer to Him, that He can reveal Himself even greater in your life. It's the affliction of poverty that he's revealed as Jehovah Jireh, the God of abundant supply. It's in the affliction of the storms of our lives that he's revealed as the the peace speaker. Jehovah Rapha, my my God, my peace, are you hearing me? Oh, Jehovah Shalom, my God, my peace. It's in the midst of your sickness in your body and he's revealed as your healer. Jehovah Rapha, my God, my healer, are you hearing me today? It's in the midst of it all. If the three Hebrew boys had never been put in the fire, the furnace, they would have never had that fourth man experience being loosed and walking around and came out with a testimony. Their clothes weren't singed. Their hairs weren't singed. Oh, they didn't even have the stench of fire on them. Why? Because the Lord was with them. The afflictions in our lives, the generational curses, generational traditions, generational strongholds, Things that come against us. See, I'm I'm a firm believer. You need to know. You you, you may not know, may never can know, but I'm gonna tell you, you. Better pray about what you don't know. God, I don't know what great great grandpa did in the name of Jesus, I rebuke any foul spirit that wants to target me because of what a great grandpa did. Are you hearing me? I'm telling you what I know. I've walked it out myself. I've lived it out myself. And I'm telling you, I, I, look, I've look. i asked the Lord to forgive them all. It ain't going to do no good. They're already in eternity right now. But I want whatever mess has been brought into a family because of what forefathers and, and mothers have done, be released from it in the name of Jesus. Be rele- ah, Can I just declare today that there's some in here to Today is your day of freedom. Today is your day of liberation. Today is your day of restoration. Today is your day. It's the first day of the rest of your life. You'll never be the same again in the mighty name of Jesus. Truth is, sometimes affliction comes because you're reaping what you've sown. Paul told the church of Galatians chapter 6 verse 7, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Only way I've found to dig up what's been sown is by the blood of Jesus and through lots of prayer. Lots of prayer and fasting and crucifying the flesh. You can dig up seeds that you should have never sown. Are you hearing me? I believe today that there are those that are facing consequences because of the bad choices or mistakes that you've made. Maybe it's a self-inflicted wound that's brought you into darkness. You know you should have never cheated. You know you should have never committed adultery. You should have never robbed that store. You should have never done that drug. You should have never drank that whiskey. You should have never done any of those things, but you did. And as a result, maybe you lost your marriage, you lost your children, you lost your job. Maybe you lost so much in your life and you're facing the affliction, living a life of regrets and the enemy reminds you of it continually. But I've come to tell you today, that no matter what you've done or where you've been there is a God that loves you and cares about you that shed his blood for you and he'll wash you and cleanse you he'll wash you and cleanse you of the sin oh hallelujah and he'll set you free and deliver you from it all hallelujah we face the darkness of adversity and affliction we face the darkness of anguish Job knew what it was to face anguish, which means to be extremely distressed about something. Help me, Lord. Made up of fear, distress, anxiety, and panic. Job was saying, man, if I could just find where the Lord's sitting at, I want to go to him because I got some things I need to talk to him about. He said, I'm going to let my mouth be filled with arguments. These things that I'm, I, say, I, I want to I, say, my mouth is filled with reasons as to why something that I've been through is right or something that I've been through is wrong. The question that, that boils up inside of most everyone is Why? Why am I facing this? Why am I going through that? Why did this have to happen? Why did this go on? Why, why, why? And I've always said that God is big enough to answer our questions or to handle our questions and I still believe that but I believe there's a danger in living in the why. There must come a place in our lives that we realize that some things are mysteries that we will never understand until we get to heaven. But the devil wants us to put an anchor down on the the island of why and live our life out there and can I tell you that it is there that conflict gets in our soul darkness seems to dominate who we are and we live in anguish we find that we live a roller coaster up and down one day we're good the next day we're not and we don't understand that but it's an anguish that is there a conflict within our soul that keeps us from being able to obtain the true peace of God it's this anguish oftentimes it makes us feel like we're so alone Maybe you've lost it all. Maybe you feel nobody understands. Maybe others have told you get over it. You should be better by now. Maybe others shake their head and when they walk by you they just don't understand why you're still struggling. You keep your deepest and innermost thoughts to yourself. You dare not share some things with others. You sit here even in this crowd today and yet you feel all by yourself. Can I tell you today there is no greater devil you'll ever face than a spirit of loneliness because it has drove the multitudes to the deepest darkest sins of mankind when folks are trying to escape it all when they feel all hope is gone when they're lost in the middle of their circumstance and situation and the enemy comes that adversary and he dangles pleasure out in front of them and says you can escape it all oh just do this just get away from it for a little while because nobody understands you're all by yourself and the enemy has convinced so many and even caused multitudes to take their own lives because of the lonely spirit that has invaded them nobody cares, nobody can help me, nobody knows and the reality is darkness has interfered darkness has invaded darkness has come and it's lurking and it's lingering and it's longing to consume you and in into your soul it's anguish anguish you become overcome by anxiety the spirit of fear takes over become filled with worry you become crippled by fear find yourself at times so miserable don't want to go anywhere don't want to see anybody Depression and oppression has taken control. It's darkness. Become consumed by grief. Maybe it's the loss of a loved one. Maybe it's a failed marriage. Maybe it's that rebellious or backslidden child you're so grieved over. Maybe it's a moral failure in your life. But you're grieving this pain of loss, devastation that feels irrecoverable, the overwhelming sense of a gaping hole in your spirit that nothing seems to be able to fill. It feels as though death has entered into you. Hope is gone, despair has taken over, darkness has invaded. You feel guilty for trying to move on. You find yourself with the continual reminders and it only makes the pain that much worse. If time heals and you know you should have been better by now, but you're not. Your eyes have just adjusted to the darkness and this has become your new normal. Your best friend has become your pill bottle or other addictions that you dare not speak of. Darkness has invaded. Darkness is everywhere. Anguish has taken over. In Lamentations 2 verse 16, Jeremiah said, he's speaking these words. He said, all your enemies mock you. They scoff and snarl and say we have destroyed her at last we have long waited for this day and it is finally here oh in the the previous chapter Jeremiah penned these words and said for these things I weep mine eye, mine eye runneth down with water because the comforter that should relieve my soul is far from me my children are desolate because the enemy prevails but I just want somebody to shout, hold on a minute. they in in to shout. Hold on a minute. Turn and tell somebody, hold on a minute. Turn and tell somebody, wait just a cotton picking minute. Can we say that in here? I don't know if we can or not. Wait just a minute. Be- Thank you, Mom. In Micah chapter 7 verse 8. When we think of the adversary of our souls, the affliction that we face, The anguish that wants to take over. Micah the prophet penned these words and said, Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. Hallelujah. Can I read that again? Oh, rejoice not. The devil might be over there laughing and snarling, but can we declare these words? Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise, and when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus, that you relied unto us today. Uh, my my, David said this as the Lord liveth, who hath redeemed my soul out of all adversity. How many of you know Jesus is alive today? Come on, come on, come on. I said, Jesus is alive today. <laughs> Hallelujah oh I want you to understand what I'm saying if Jesus had never got up from that grave then friend we would be in trouble but he is not still in a tomb somewhere he is a risen savior Jesus got up victorious over death and hell in the grave I dare somebody to shout he got up (laughs) he got up hallelujah and because he lived I can face tomorrow. I said because He lives, I can face tomorrow. John, give me, give me, give me some help up here. John, ten and fourteen tells me that Jesus is my shepherd. And David said in Psalms 23 and 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. In 1 John 4, verse 14, John declared that Jesus is the Savior of the world. In Matthew 28, verse 5 and 6, we see that Jesus is our resurrected Lord. In Job 19 verse 25 we find that Jesus is our redeemer and listen to me Job declared this for I know that my redeemer liveth and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth can I tell you who the last one standing is going to be it's not that devil of disease you're battling it's not that devil of affliction that's come on you it's not that enemy that you're staring down can I tell you my redeemer lives uh, and on that last oh, no, 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 no. Uh, on that last day, ah, uh, he'll be the one stand. <laughs> Glory to God. You get on them drums. Can I borrow you, Brother Stephen? Ah. Uh, oh, I know it's almost twelve o'clock but I got three more pages of notes. You see, in John chapter eight, verse 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. It's all right. I need to read it again, Lord. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He said, I am the light of the world and whoever follows me will never, 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 never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Ah, glory to God. Tell your neighbor, Jesus is my light. Jesus is my light. Ooh, go ask your neighbor, you got a light? You got a light? Ooh, that might have been something you used to ask back when you was in the world. But today, ask your neighbor, do you got a light? And answer that, yes, I do. Jesus, 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 Jesus is my light. I dare you to give him a hand clap of praise. Why is it I can face the darkness? Because Jesus is my light. Why is it I can go through the darkness? Because Jesus is my light. Luke 1, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. <laughs> Woo! Somebody say Day Spring. I love that. Mm, that's the name of our outreach ministries. Day Spring. I want to read one more. If I can remember. Isaiah 42. Give me just a few minutes. We're we're close. The landing gear's down, but I can't even see the runway yet. Listen, I want to read this over you. Isaiah 42 verse 5 Thus saith the Lord God He that created the. Listen I want you to receive this today If you've been in darkness I want you to receive this Thus saith the Lord God He that created the heavens And stretched them out He that spread forth the earth And that which cometh out of it He that giveth breath unto the people upon it And spirit to them that walk therein I the Lord have called thee in righteousness And will hold thine hand And will keep thee and give thee for a covenant of the people for a light of the Gentiles to open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. Behold, the former things are come to pass, and new things do I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Lord, do a new thing. Verse 10, sing unto the Lord a new song and praise Him, praise from the end of the earth. Ye that go down to the sea and all that is therein, the isles and the inhabitants thereof, let the wilderness and the cities thereof lift up their voice and the villages, let the inhabitants of the rocks sing. Let them shout from the top of the mountains. Let them give glory unto the Lord and declare His praise in the islands. The Lord shall go forth as a mighty man. He shall stir up jealousy like a man of war. He shall cry, yea, roar War. He shall prevail against his enemies. I have long time holding my peace. I have been still and refrained myself. Now will I cry like a travailing woman. I will destroy and devour at once. I will make waste mountains and hills and dry up all the herbs. I will make the rivers, islands and dry up the pools. And I will bring the blind by a way that they knew not. I will lead them in paths that they have not known. I will make darkness light before them and crooked things straight these things will I do unto them and not forsake them uh, who receives that today? God's about to do a new thing in somebody's life God, uh, God's about to do a new thing in your marriage a new thing in your home a new thing in your children uh, somebody shout new thing Arise and shine for your light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon you, and his glory shall be seen upon you. <laughs> we live in such dark times. oh starkness oh but the Lord's about to rise upon you that marriage that's about fell apart completely I believe the Lord's about to rise upon you that man that's in bondage and the enemies told you you're always going to have that no. I believe the Lord's about to rise upon you oh that lady that's live with such fears and anxieties I believe the Lord's about to rise upon you at one that's in such deep grief it's been so long since you truly felt good and not felt guilty about feeling good I believe the Lord's about to rise upon you today you see I want to show you something that's in your Bible Genesis chapter 1 Bible says in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth verse 2 and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters God said let there be light and there was light and God saw the light that it was good God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness He called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. See, God said, Let there be light, and there was light. But we missed something. We missed a description of where the enemy wants to get so many of our lives. The earth was without form and void. See, that's where the enemy wants you. You're not yourself anymore. You've lost so much. Your joy is gone. Your peace is gone. Victory is gone. Your drive is gone. Your passion is gone. You're not a worshiper anymore. Your call is diminished in your spirit. You're without form and void. You're not... You're not even able to be who you know God desires for you to be. But I want you to see something. It says that darkness was upon the face of the deep. Brother Steve, that's where the enemy wants us. And I want you to hear me. Listen to me. Some of you have been praying for God to do some things. I'm about to tell you what the answer is. Without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Is, is that where you're at today? Darkness is in your life. Listen to me. Maybe you're a teenage young lady or a young man. Maybe you're a young man, young woman. Maybe you're a, a senior in this place today. Can I tell you something? You don't have to let your life be without form and void and darkness be upon the face of your waters. Because the next thing that happened was the Spirit of God Moved upon the face of the deep. Can I tell you what we need today? What you need today? You need the Spirit of God to move upon the face of your life. You need the Spirit of God to move upon the face of the waters of your soul. I know maybe you feel like all hope is gone, but I've come to tell you the devil is a liar and the father of it, you're here today, which tells me, I want you to know the Holy Ghost is still calling you and dealing with you. It's not over. I said it's not over. What we've got to have is a move of the Holy Ghost. Oh, if he would just move upon us today. He'd just move upon me today see I, I don't need to go sit down with somebody no I just need the Holy Ghost Now I'm all for that when it's needed and it is needed and I've even been there in my own life where I've had to have counsel but I'm going to tell you there is nothing that takes the place of the Holy Spirit moving upon your life oh there is no one that can heal the wounds of your soul there is no one that can drive the darkness from your life like the Holy Spirit and can I tell you Jesus said I am the light and and the very next verse says, "And God said, let there be light,' and the word showed up, and the and light drove back the darkness. You see, I know I went one long, not too long, just one long." want to get to too long. I'm still in the one long stage. I'm going to tell you what I'm praying for for you. That the Holy Ghost flood your soul today. Oh, That the Holy Ghost floods over you. The face of your life that's covered by darkness the Holy Spirit flood over you. Light always represents revelation. Jesus asked the disciples one day, who do men say that I am? They responded, well, you know, some say you're Isaiah or uh, uh, Elisha or a prophet. Jesus looked at Peter and said, Well, who do you say that I am? Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus Jesus looked back at him and said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you. Look at that word, reveal. Flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And upon this rock... I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Light. I want to show you something. a little bit of light changes things just a little bit of light but I want you to do something if you've got your own phone I want you to take it out turn on the light and hold it up when there's more light look how the room shine it up look how the room lights more light more light I want to tell you something we're living in a dark world and the enemy wants to put your light out he wants to put your light out because he wants darkness to just consume you and you can just ignore it and act like it's not there or you can be willing to face the darkness and say I trust in God my Savior the one who will never fail me I may not understand all that I've been through. I may not understand why these things have happened. But one day when I get to heaven, I will. And until then, I trust in God, my Savior. What we need is the Lord to turn the light back on in our spirit. Turn your lights off if you want. but there's something about when the Holy Ghost shows up things begin to illuminate in our soul and where we didn't have joy all of a sudden now light begins to invade any minute now the Holy Ghost is going to show up and light begins to invade well I can see you now I said, I can see you now. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, I can see. Ooh, I can see. I'm not going to fall in the midst of this. I can see. Stand with me, if you please will. You see, the latter end of Job's life was blessed and favored. The Bible says in Job 42, verse 12, so the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. God gave him double. Huh? Double what? Not double bubble. Come on now. Double for his trouble. Ooh, how many of you want double for your trouble? <laughs> Come on, don't act like, don't be all shy now. Who'd be all right with double for your trouble? There's about five of you. I've seen your hands go up. Who'd be all right with double for your trouble? Job started with 7,000 sheep, but in his end he had 14,000. Started with 3,000 camels. In his end, he had 6,000. Started with 500 team of oxen. In the end, he had 1,000. F- started with 500 do- uh, female donkeys. In the end, he had 1,000 donkeys. That's a lot of donkeys. God restored his children. He had seven boys and three girls. I could preach about the girls' names for an hour. But God restored. Pastor, there's some things in my life that that's just not the case. I know that. I know there's some things in the natural that maybe it cannot be restored to you. But what God can restore is your spirit. He can restore. I want us to go to that song, I trust in God, if you have it. That same key. Verse 17 of that chapter says, verse 4, chapter 42, so Job died being old and full of days, 140 years old. The Bible says that he saw four generations of his children, his great great grandson. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. Okay, that's a blessing. All I know to do is repeat what I just said when that kind of thing happens. I haven't got a clue what that is. I do not know. I don't think any of them up here do. doing that. <laughs> There may be something that's unmuted. I don't know. Church, I can't preach a message like this and just say, turn around and tell somebody you love them. Let's go home because there's people here today that are facing the darkness and you need the Spirit of God to move upon the face of your life and you need the Lord to bring revelation in your spirit I, I, I know I know and I was just this morning when I was praying I could just envision some just getting their breakthrough today falling on their face before God in brokenness but getting their breakthrough you can leave out today and just dismiss this and act like it's not for you you can be willing to humble yourself before the Lord and just say, Lord, I need you today. I need, I, let's just make it simple. I just need the Holy Spirit to move upon me today. Who who says that? Who feels that? I, I just need the Holy Spirit to move over me today. I'm not gonna make it a long, drawn out, complicated thing, no. Do you need the Lord to move upon you today? If you don't know Him as Savior this morning, He loves you. He died for you that you can live. Don't turn Him away. If you're away from God and you're back slidden, today's the day the Lord's brought you here for you to rededicate your life to Him. That's you. Don't wait for anybody else. Get out right now from where you are. Walk down to this altar and say, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus. Come on. Hallelujah. Can we give the Lord a hand for these that are coming? I want to give my life to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on, are there more today? Grown men today that say, I want to give my life to Jesus. Grown women, teenagers i want to give my life to Jesus. This is the greatest thing that could ever take place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Who today, and some of you have already raised your hands. See, I, I believe this requires action. Now, the action, I'm not going to let you off the hook with that because I believe if you don't do something, you're accepting your condition. There's got to be an action out of you in some way. Now, I am going to give you this much. That you may not feel like you can come to this altar. But if that's you, I still want you to kneel down and make an altar where you're at. I'm going to tell you, I love the altar. I love the altar because I can kneel in that altar and give it all to the Lord. I can kneel in that altar and give it every bit of it to Him. I can kneel in that altar and and just pour all my heart out to Him. I thank God for the altar. Who will join these that are already coming to the altar today and say in your life, I need a move of God. I need the Spirit of God to move upon the face of my waters because there's darkness covering the face of the deep of my life. I need Him today. As many are stepping out and coming I want to ask every one of you in this place. Some of you, I can see the Holy Ghost moving upon some of you. And maybe you're not where you can get out and you're just waiting for somebody else to move. Listen, you got my permission to step over that chair if you need to, push it out of the way if you got to, but get to where you can get down here. If you got to grab somebody's hand and say, Go with me, grab that hand and say, Go with me. I've got to have a move of God, I've got to have an outpouring of. The Holy Ghost in my life Oh, I've been facing it for too long I need a move of God 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 Hallelujah Thanks for joining us If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button And leave us a review It helps this podcast reach even more people Crosspoint can now be your home church from wherever you are through the weekly live stream on Facebook and YouTube and this podcast. For more information on Crosspoint, be sure to check out crosspointpdl.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next week.